From the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between, this is the 5050 Podcast, powered by National Scouting Report. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. Here we go. It's another edition of the 5050 podcast powered by our proud partners, NSR, National Scouting Report. They are the world's leading authority on athletic recruiting. You can get more information on what they're about on social media, on Twitter or X, I should say, at NSR Now, as well as on Instagram at NSR underscore now. And you can get more information on the many great things they're doing on their website at NSR-Inc.com. My next guest, she is an individual I had the pleasure of getting to meet during the recent uh, TASCO, Texas High School Soccer Coaches Convention. Big fan of hers and a lot more kind of links as we found out the more we talked. So it's pretty awesome. Great to have her here. She's doing great things up in the Capital City area. She is the head women's soccer coach of the Austin Anderson Trojans. She is Emily Horvath. Coach, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks. Uh, excited to be here. Loved getting to chat with you at the TASCO conference. Um, like you said, uh, hoping we get to unpack some more of those links and and excited to to chat today about the upcoming season. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us, uh, let's just go ahead. Let's just dive right in. Tell us, uh, how's it going? Yeah, um, so far, so good. Um, we had our first week of practices under the belt this week. Um, looking forward to next week, our first scrimmage. Uh, it'll be really great to finally see the girls playing together. Uh, we're fortunate to have pretty high return numbers this year. I have 19 seniors, um, which is, wow, yeah, the largest yeah. senior class I think you've probably ever had in yeah. Anderson girls soccer history um, with the addition of some newcomers as well. Um, so I think we're just really excited to get to actually play a game coming up here. But this week's been exciting. We had media day. We had team kickoff party. So we are hyped up and ready to go. Yeah. So tell us, uh, who do you feel going into day one, right back on Monday this week? Because everybody seemed like they were just super excited. As every year, as another year goes by, it just seems like people are just counting down the days and more and more excited every year, right? Which is awesome. It's awesome to see across the state. But who was more nervous, you or your players? You know, one of my coworkers actually asked me this in the hallway the other day. The other day, they said, "Did you get more nervous as a player, as a coach?" Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't have that, that sense that the girls are nervous. I have the sense that they're hungry. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think we, there were a lot of nerves going into last season with our first year kind of back in right. sixth day with this group. Um, I think that a little bit of nerve is good. And I think that that still exists, but um, you know, I think my demeanor is what the girls feed off of. So I don't know if one of us is more nervous than the other. I think we're all kind of at that steady level for now. I'm yeah. sure that'll fluctuate throughout the season. Um, but I hope that we're that we're on the same page there. Oh, that's awesome. So that's good to hear, I guess. Um, now, 
as the week unfolded, was there something? Because it typically happens to us as coaches, right? We prep, we prepare, we plan, and somehow there's just something that we didn't see coming or something that maybe we just kind of a small, small little detail that kind of came out of nowhere. Was Did you find yourself in, in kind of any of those situations this week? You know, I think the the more challenging piece of this week and next week and kind of leading up during preseason is that we're still in that heavy balance between club soccer and high school soccer. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we expect that, we plan for that, but I think that we still have to acknowledge that we are in that balance time and there's mm-hmm. value in both um, and having to kind of balance the dynamic when you have players maybe missing for showcases or practice, but still making sure that you're focusing on the team because it's your first time as a team. Uh, I think our girls did a great job of that and, you know, showing they're committed to both. Um, Other than that, you know, just after school practices, every school is different. We have the block schedule at Anderson. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we have a very strong academic school. We have the IB program. I've got five, four or five varsity seniors in IB and, you know, having them miss a couple minutes, hours of practice each week is something we're going to have to get used to while we're in preseason, but we're looking forward to having them back full time next semester. Awesome. Great stuff. So how do you, you know, it's a great point. You know, you talk about trying to strike that balance, right. With, and, and I call it as, as many call it right. That, that load management piece, particularly with not just your club players, but even your, your multi-sport athletes. Right. And mm-hmm. how do you find, cause these are two big weekends, um, right now in the in the club soccer world right in terms of showcases tournaments id camps this weekend and next weekend how do you um how do you find yourself kind of balancing that with because i i'm i'm assuming you have a a good healthy number of of club players um especially when they maybe may play for just a couple of clubs or maybe they're even teammates on the club side how do you find yourself trying to balance that yeah, um, I think the most important thing, the the way we found the most success is day one, you know, we have very, very clear expectations in our program. We have a handbook that we actually, we don't even touch the soccer field the first week of school. Mm-hmm. We are in the classroom studying the handbook, making sure we understand it, making sure we're creating that buy-in. Um, and so we've really outlined the year and as it pertains to that balance. So um, it's exactly what we both just said. I know we talked about this at Tasco as well and, you know, finding that that way to prevent injury and that balance. And so from August until January, it's it's a balance. It is. And, you know, for my girls, as long as they're communicating with me in advance and we have, again, a very clear cutoff 9 a.m. the morning of, they need to communicate to me if they have, you know, a heavy club practice or a game or they're coming off of um, three games in a weekend and they can say, you know, I'm, I'm a little worried about fatigue of my legs here. May I have the day off of leg work conditioning or maybe the whole day. And again, as long as it's communicated, I say, absolutely. I'll support you in that. You still need to dress out. You need to be on the sideline with your teammates. Um, and then of course, you know, once we transition into season time, we ask that their focus shift Mm -hmm. to Anderson soccer. Um, And, you know, fortunately, there haven't been too many overlaps. And if they do, I think, you know, it's hard on everyone. It's hard on the girls. They feel terrible being torn between making a decision on the two. 
And I think our job as coaches is to try to take that pressure off of them. Um, and my communication to them is always, you know, if we preach, we are building and prepping you for life after high school, then my question to you is always going to be, which route is going to support you and your goals for life after high school? And I'm going to support you in that as well. Oh, awesome. Well said. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. Absolutely. Um, so speaking of what you, you know, you talked about the expectations, the standards, what you've established there. You're going into your third year as the head coach, fourth year overall there at Anderson. Let's talk a little bit about that transformation in your time there, right? Um, what what has that been like from, you know, when you step back from time to time? Because obviously as the head coach, you're so immersed in it, right? Um, but when you step back from time to time, or maybe when others maybe kind of give you feedback and input, what is that transformation on the evolution of your program? What has that been like? Yeah. Um, you know, I have to start with giving kudos to Aaron Magoo, who was the former head coach of Anderson, who's now at Highland Park. She really built a foundation of these high expectations and, you know, set me up to come in for success. Um, so when I took over the program, we were really in this transitional moment as you, or a period of time, as you mentioned. Right. Um, that first year when I was um, the JV coach and the assistant, that was Anderson's first year of ever having three teams. So that alone shows the growth of the sport itself and the sport within Anderson. Um, and then I think when I when I took over, my focus really was: Can I retain these numbers? Can I create an environment that really shows the girls that we want them to come back, that they're valuable here. Um, and just trying to, to keep those numbers up and keep that buy-in. And I think that's where I put a lot of my focus. Um, every single time I give an expectation, I provide reasoning for why we do that. Um, mm -hmm. I think showing them that we're not just making decisions to make decisions and actually providing some context for them has really created buy-in. Um, I think that shows in the fact that we have 19 seniors this year. They love playing for each other. Um, they love playing for our coaches. Um, I have three fantastic assistants this year as well. Um, so I think, you know, the clear expectations, the, the building them up, you know, supporting them in any activities they're doing outside of soccer and then being vulnerable and showing them a little bit of my human side sometimes I think is really what's allowed us to grow so much as a program. Um, I also coaches, have, coaches don't have human sides. So <laughs> what, are you talking about? what are you talking about? Well, you know, it was, you know, when I first came in, I kind of was under this mis maybe misconception that I had to be this kind of stone cold, you know, I, I was fairly young. I was new. Um, and as time went on, I, I was like, that's not a rule. You know, I, they need to see who I am. Right. I can relate to them. And I really think that it's just brought our team closer together and it shows on the field as well. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it is kind of interesting, right? I think, well, and that's, that's the piece that you have to, that it takes time to, to learn in coaching. It's like, what is, what is your, not beyond philosophy, methodology, right? Or, or your badges, your training, your whatever courses you may have certifications. It's like, what is your style, right? Um, and and learning that and figuring that out. I think that's 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 an important piece too, especially when you become when you step in into that role as a head coach, because all of a sudden you find yourself, 
you find yourself realizing it's uh, it's not as simple as it looks. Right. <laughs> so now you, you, know, you talked about you referenced earlier making the jump back up, and we're going to get into it a little bit more. But um, going back into into six A twenty six six A, you found yourself last year, first year, in with the likes of you know some of the some of the powers in in the region in Lake Travis, Dripping Springs, who had just who came up with you guys, uh, Westlake, just to name a few. You go in there, you you sneak in there, you get make and make the playoffs, right? Fourth place. What did what was that like? Did it? I mean, what were you really thinking going into the start of last year, back in twenty six six A in a brutal district? And did it kind of did it surprise you how it played out, or did it kind of play out how you secretly maybe thought it would versus how you hoped it would? Where, where, where were you on that? Yeah. Um, you know, when we, when we found out we were going into that district, I think all of us kind of took that deep breath, like, Oh, this is going to be tough. Um, and that's that day that was announced. That's the day my, my work started on it. Um, and so I tried to get ahead of it. I knew the girls were going to be talking like, this is going to be tough. And I wanted to make sure that I was framing their mindsets as early as I could. Um, and so I started the talk from day one that we were going to make playoffs. Um, and I was really happy to set buy-in from the girls and, you know, we set goals and I'd say 99% of the program, their goal was to make playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, now do I think that other people in the soccer community and maybe even at Anderson thought that we were going to do that? No. Um, but I can truly say that I believed we would. I thought it was going to be a battle, a scrappy battle between about three or four of us for that third or fourth place spot. And it ended up being just that. Um, and so, you know, I think having had that experience now, the girls are hungry for more. I don't think that it's a goal this year to make playoffs. I think it's a goal to finish in the top right. two, top three. Um which is really awesome to hear them saying. And did you feel, did you feel like that momentum picked up at the start of this year? Did it pick up right where it left off at the end of last school year? Right. Did they, or was there, or did it take them a while to kind of get ramped up again and remember what, what you all accomplished last year? Yeah. You know, I think that that's a tough question. I think we're maybe yet to find out. Um, I think that they are excited, but I also think, that they know that other people are going to see us maybe in a different way than they did the first round of district last year. Um, you know, I think we surprised some teams, maybe not some, maybe some expected it from us from talking with some coaches. Um, but my perspective on it is whatever possible underdog we had going into last year, um, that's not the case anymore. So I think that there might be a little more kind of nerve there from the girls, but they're ready to face the challenge. And I think that when they have the expectation of if we, you know, making playoffs is the expectation now. So um, I think they're ready to face to, to meet that challenge this year. So two years ago, you were, you were in 17, five, a, you, you win a district title. I think you went 19, I think it was 19 and two or 20 and two, right? Coach? Yes. And we were co-district champions with McCallum that year. Yeah. Yeah. And you um, make it to the area round. How did that aspect, did you feel that that kind of gave you the, that launching pad, if you will, into the success that you had last year in 6A? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, even if we go back one more year too, we set it's uh, program history with our third round playoff run. Um, so I think the, the year you're referencing my, um, my first year as the head coach when we lost in the area round was a bit of a gut punch for us. We really um, felt we had the momentum that year to, to be in that state tournament. Um, and that was a, that was a gutting game also, you know, um, the ones that, you could have won, maybe should have won, or the ones that hurt the most. But I mean, that that team was also right there with us. Um, but absolutely, I think you know, coming in to six A as a top ranked state and a top ranked team in the state in five A um, definitely gave us the momentum we needed to compete in six A. Right. So obviously, you, you play in a brutal district in in six A twenty six six A. And no disrespect to any of them. This is not intended as a slight to them. But from your perspective, right, that you have some coaches that will listen to this. As you know, we're coming up on realignment. They're talking about they may announce cutoff, <laughs> cutoff numbers within the next week. And we'll know in February, we'll know in February um, where everybody's going to settle in. And you may have some coaches that are, hey, we're 5A right now. And we're projecting, we're expecting to make that jump to 6A. What would you say to them? What would you recommend to them? Um, I would recommend that they, you know, if that is the case, that they be the ones to welcome the challenge and be excited about the challenge rather than say, oh man, like that's brutal. I wish we were staying in 5A. Instead, be excited about the competition um, and that energy will, will, you know, show to your players and will only help you guys as you make that transition and that jump in into some of the more competitive teams. Did you feel, did you feel like it was as big of a jump as maybe as some people make it out to be or have it in their heads? Um, yes and no. I think, I think in general, it's maybe not as big of a jump as some people make it out to be. I think again, as you mentioned, our specific district with, you know, some of the teams that we are with it, it was quite, a different level of competition, especially from our previous district. But again, of course, we try to match up with some teams in preseason that are similar so that we're not totally, you know, taken aback by by the level. Yeah. So 26-6A, tell us a little bit about, I always love asking coaches this, right? It's like, how would you, maybe one or two key personality traits or characteristics of every team within your district? How would you describe 26-6A? Um, you know, I would say drive in, you know, in some other districts, maybe there's some teams who just aren't quite, you know, have, have that mindset of go, go, go. And every team you're going to face in our district wants that win and no one's given up, you know, at halftime. So I think drive and then intelligence. And I think intelligence goes um, for the players and for the coaches. Um, we have a lot of really top-level club players across the board playing for all the schools in our district, and a lot of the girls actually play together, um, as well as some really intelligent, you know, soccer-wise coaches and then just experienced coaches. Um, and I think it makes for a really fun season. Um, I've loved playing in 6A. I hope you know, as the years go on, we continue to get the opportunity to, because 
like I said, I welcome that challenge. I think that competition is what makes us better. Um, so. Yeah, you know, it was it was an interesting dynamic there that I experienced there at Tasco, right? I uh, I was there one of the evenings. Next thing I know, I find myself at a, a, it was the Austin table, right, as I call it, right, or the twenty six six A table, and uh, yeah, it was. So we got coaches on both sides of the house, right, from multiple schools in that district, and they're all very much. Uh, very being social with each other, hanging out with one another and embracing one another. And it, it was just like this sense of this sense of camaraderie within the district that I thought was pretty, it was pretty awesome to experience. Um, what was, what was that like for you as you're, you're sitting there, you're kind of taking all, all of that in. What was, what was your perspective? Yeah. Um, I think it was pretty similar to you, you know, I have to shout out Will Maloney at Lake Travis. I think he was kind of the one that brought us all together um, and certainly was the one who, you know, made sure I was there at Tasco. Um, I, that was my first year at Tasco and I was, I can't express how, you know, pleasantly surprised I was by a, the, you know, the organization itself. And I thought the event they put on was fantastic between the sessions and just everything, but more to what you were referencing, just that healthy like rivalry and camaraderie between the coaches. I mean, you have the district, our district top four team coaches sitting down together, um, you know, laughing and, and having a good time. And it's that, that mutual respect for one another um, was just more valuable than I thought it could be. Um, and just getting to hear from them, you know, of course we all, tried to get some information out of one another and I'm sure we all kept some things to ourselves, which again was fun and what we all expected. But, you know, there's so much value in talking to people who are literally experiencing and going through what you are. Um, You know, I have fantastic assistant coaches and, um, you know, but they're not, they're not doing all the behind the scenes that these other coaches are. So getting to talk to them and bounce some ideas off of, off of these guys was really valuable. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, the level of conversations that were taking place, they were pretty awesome. They were pretty great. That's kind of why I mentioned it as well, but, and big shout out to uh, coach Maloney there of the, of Austin, uh, Lake Travis. Uh, I call him, uh, I call him the, the mayor, the guy could run for the mayor of Austin or is going to run for mayor one day. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> he's a character, great stuff. And I actually mentioned that to him, you know, had him and, uh, Emma Fox, on the podcast there at the convention. And I told him, I was like, man, you guys, so all of you guys, let me get this right. All of you guys drove down to Galveston just so you guys get all, all the Austin coaches could go to dinner together. That's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Yes. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now we look at, we start looking at this year, coach, right. And your squad, tell us over the next couple of weeks, you mentioned some scrimmages, give us a little bit, give us a little bit more insight. What are the next few weeks for your squad? What do they look like? Yeah, um, I think we have a a good balance of some kind of competition levels to just sort of get us in the flow of playing and then building up to um, some competition. For example, uh, heading up to the College Station Classic in early January where where we will um, face Seven Lakes again. Um, We got to play them last year, and I think that's a really fantastic kind of game to lead us into our 6A district but for me preseason is really all about giving everyone on your roster the opportunity to play um 
it's your opportunity as a coach to, you know, try out some different formations, maybe put some players in some different positions, get different players playing together. Um, and I think as a coach too, I struggle with this. I know others do as well. We want to win. We want to show what we're made of in these scrimmages. Um, but sometimes you have to be willing to, you know, give everyone that shot because in my two years of um, previously of doing this, you know, there's always someone who surprises you who you maybe wouldn't have given that right. chance in a game, but here you are in a scrimmage, you're rotating them in and they're stepping up and doing their job and they've just earned themselves some playing time. So for me, that's what preseason is all about getting in the games or warm up, getting their team of game day, and then getting to see them with a little bit of that pressure taken off so that you can make sure come district play that you've got, you know, your strongest 11 on the field and you're ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. There's always, always seems like there's one player that kind of comes out of nowhere, right? Never fails. That's and, and that's great to watch. It's, it's exciting to un watch it unfold in front of you. So mm -hmm. now tell us maybe one or two things that has you at this point going into this season, what are maybe one or two things that have you feel, have you the most excited about this year's team? Yeah. Um, I've said it a couple times already, but it's, you know, this class of seniors, there's 19 of them. I think 11 of them came in with me my first year and 10 of them played for me on JV their freshman year. So, you know, we've gotten to be, they've gotten to be coached under me for the last three and a half years now. Um, so yeah, I've seen what this group is really capable of. I know how much they want this. I know how much drive they have. Um, so watching them kind of fall out their senior year, I'm so excited to watch. Um, like I said, in in uh, some of our talk before, we have such a talented group of, you know, juniors, sophomores, and freshmen to support them. And I have a lot of talented sophomores on JV that, you know, we're ready to start building up and getting them ready to come up as yeah. well. Um, so that has got me really excited. And then we've got a couple of new players this year as well um that I'm really excited to throw into the mix um and I won't say much more about that but I'm ready for them to come in and make an impact on the field very good very good now how do you feel about having 19 seniors I mean what is that does that present its own set of just unique uh, just management how does how do you what are your thoughts on that yeah no I mean it certainly does obviously 19 could be an entire roster um I do have two in basketball, two are injured, and two are goalies. So when you really break it down, we're looking at 13 field players. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'll play a different role. And again, they've played for me for four years now, three and a half years now. Um, and they all have something to contribute. And, you know, I'm just so fortunate to have such an incredible group of girls to where we've been able to manage you know, within that, it certainly comes with its challenges. It makes right. my job a little tough at times, but, um, you know, kudos, kudos to them and to my staff and making sure everyone has that role. Awesome. So, you know, we started segueing here a little bit, coach, and we've mentioned it, obviously the convention, right? The Tesco Texas high school soccer coaches convention it took place a couple of weeks ago, uh, November. What was that? 15th, 15th through the seventh or 15th through the 18th. Um, Tell us about, you had a chance to process all of that, you left Galveston, went back to Austin. Tell us a little bit about just your experience. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I mentioned, I thought it was, it just kind of surpassed my expectations. Um, you said you it know, was your thought, first year, right? You said first year? That's my first year. Yep. Um, yep. You know, the first two years I coached were kind of COVID years. And then last year when I wasn't there, I heard about it <laughs> and I didn't know about it. And so I was really happy to, to, to get to go this year. Um, I, I thought that the spread of presenters field session wise was really incredible. Of course, I didn't have anything to compare it to. Um, but from what I heard from other people as well, they were equally as impressed. Um, there was something for everybody. Um, I thought the classroom sessions and the, the personnel that got to present was great. We got to hear from Bailey Prine at Dripping Springs and we all went and, and listened in on that as well. Um, and I definitely was able to, to leave with, you know, a couple session ideas, some coaching tips, some different perspectives. Um, you know, I had a great conversation. I can't remember who it was with, but we were talking about some of the sessions and, you know, saying, oh, well, this wouldn't work for my program. And I said, well, I think that's the point, right? If we all did the same thing, right. then no one would be great. I think, you know, it makes a good coach great is being willing to listen to other people and think about the particular players you have mm -hmm. and being willing to maybe change what you've done in the past to fit that group of players. Um, and what works for someone else's team is not necessarily going to work with the group of players I have, but as long as you're willing to listen and keep an open mind and, you know, not be too proud to change certain things as they come up, Right. Um, that was a takeaway I had on my way home. I was like, you know, maybe this is how I've always done it, but it might not be a bad thing to look into that. What, um, from a presenter and, and I know you mentioned a few, but maybe what was, what was the one that surprised you maybe the most from what you got to sit on, whether it was a, a field session, classroom, what have you, uh, interaction with, maybe it was an, even an interaction with a vendor, but what, what maybe surprised you the most? Any one? One of those yeah i mean i think that's a tough Apologize if you're listening. Looks like we might have some some technical difficulties there with Coach Horvath. I know we're trying to refresh her now. And again, apologies for technical difficulties here if you are listening. So as we await for Coach Horvath to return, um, so we're, we're in the middle. You know, we've talked about them coming. They were 26-6-8 last year. They made the jump coming up from 17-5-A where they won. Co-district co champions make it into the area round. Make it into the area round and actually have her reconnecting right now. I know she's joining us.
know she's joining us right now actually trying to get her back on but so we talk about her time 175a and looks like she's coming back in there and coach can you hear us i'm back all right technology is great when it works our apologies again technical difficulties but we got her back coach horvath thank you so okay so I was putting you on the spot, but you were trying to give me the diplomatic answer about uh, what surprised you the most about maybe uh, pr a presenter at Tesco. What was your what were your thoughts on that? Oh yeah, so I, I don't know what part, what point I cut off. So let me know if I'm repeating. Myself. I think I, I think I, I think we lost you right when you were saying it's. I think you were going to say difficult. I think that's a difficult one or something like that, or, or it sounded something like that, and then it cut you off. Okay, yeah, I think I was going to say it's difficult for me to pinpoint one. Um, and I said I apologize. I can't remember the presenter's name, but mm -hmm. it was the last session before I left. Actually, on Saturday morning, um, some positionless. I think it was the Toros coach or um, some someone from there. And uh, I've already taken, you know, some of those session ideas and implemented concepts from that at practice. Um, and, it know, wasn't Fra uh, Frank the Cranian, was it? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we had him on the. Uh, I'll I'll make sure I get you more info on that. We we actually had him on the podcast there at Tasco. So okay. Or yeah. maybe it was, it may have been Joan Casanova Burdum. I don't know. It could have been one of the other. Yeah, because it one was of part those. of the yeah. the, uh, the international soccer school, right? They had, there was a right. th four of them, three or four of them that were there. So yeah, it, it could have been one of those. But either way, it sounds like it was probably the one of the uh, international soccer school guys. Yeah, so. I really enjoyed the field sessions, honestly. I, I don't know if I really realized that they were going to have all that space and actually get to take us through session ideas. Um, so I, I really found that surprising and valuable for me. Mm -hmm. Good. Um, what was your thought on just seeing in terms of the, the number of coaches, the event itself? Cause, and, and you're right, you know, you picked, you picked a, a heck of a year to go for your first year because it was many people. The one thing that was getting back to me last year was our first year going with a podcast and, and it was great. It was great without a doubt, but this year it just seemed like this year's lineup was kind of next level, right? Presenters, clinicians, everything. Um, but from your perspective, what was maybe some of the feedback you were getting from other other coaches in terms of their takeaways of the experience? Yeah, I mean, I there were what must have been at least a thousand coaches there throughout the weekend. It was just under, I believe, just under 1,100 in attendance. Total. Right. Wow. Yeah. I think that alone is incredible. It shows how much like respect, I think, the coaching community has for Tasco and what they've put together um, and what they're offering us has value. Um, so yeah, talking with coaches, you know, I spent a lot of time again with um, Aaron McGoo-Park, um, Katie Bourgeois from Bridgeland, and then some of my, you know, fellow District 26-6A coaches and chatting with them. Um, I think, you know, the camaraderie piece, maybe being one of the the first things and just getting to talk with different coaches and meeting different coaches was maybe the first thing that comes to mind. And then the second being those classroom sessions also. Um, and that plays more into what I was saying before. And even if maybe, you know, you come out of one of those sessions saying, eh, I don't know if that really, you know, jives with me. I think any opportunity you have to challenge your perspective and hear from someone else is going to be valuable in and of itself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, 
you know, it sounds like you had a lot of great moments, a lot of great experiences. And then at one point you found yourself sitting at a table next to me. So I apologize for that one. <laughs> but it was great. No, it was a great conversation. No, that was awesome. Yeah. Great conversation with multiple coaches. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Um, so a couple of more here, coach, before we start to transition. But um, from your perspective, right, how you've seen Texas high school soccer grow maybe over the last couple of years what would you say is maybe one or two of the biggest things you've seen over the last five years and where do you see it going in the next five years? That is, yeah, that's a fantastic question. Um, you know, I, I think back to my time playing high school soccer and when I got kind of roped into where I am now, which is a story in and of itself. Um, but you know, my, my high school soccer experience was awesome. Um, Lindley Amarantos at Memorial High School in Houston. She's still there. Um, she was had just a fantastic program, was so organized. So I definitely took that experience. But I will say, you know, when I was in high school, the kind of mindset of club players and club coaches with at the high school level was, this is just high school. Like, this is just for fun. I don't know if I ever really thought about rankings or playoffs or anything like that as, you know, as being a part of a pretty successful team. So when I got the opportunity to come coach, I was expecting that, you know, that kind of more lax environment. And I was very pleasantly surprised that these days, and it seems to be, you know, not just at Anderson, obviously at, you know, what seems to be a growing of schools is that the value from the players themselves, from their student athletes themselves, that they put on high school soccer um, has grown so much. Um, and I think that that's in part due to people like you and platforms like this. Um, also, I think being at TASCO also showed me there's so many more coaches now who played themselves, whether that be right. for top club teams or played in college. And having high school coaches with actual experience um, is so valuable for these girls. Um, and so I think that the respect that Texas high school soccer has gained has made it, you know, even better as it as it's grown, um, which I think is amazing. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you are no slouch of yourself yourself as a player. Right. So I know you're not going to brag. So I'll brag on you. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, former Trinity Tiger and first team All-American, right? Academic All-American as well, right? So that's pretty awesome. And I know you were on that, what was it? Was it 2013, 2012, 2013? 2013, yeah. 2013 national runner-up and uh, coached by a good, you know, good friend of mine, Coach Lance Key. And I was actually coaching at the Air Force Academy during that time. So I was, as, as ironic as it is, I was following you guys closely on that championship run because, and, and it was played in, here in San Antonio. It I was, remember yeah. that. Yeah, I remember that. So I was at Scorpion Stadium at the time. Yeah, yeah it was very, uh, it was very much pulling, pulling for you guys. So now, from that perspective, how do you, do you, how much of your experience, because you were a very high level player, do you feel that sometimes maybe, and being honest, being completely honest, do you feel sometimes that? hinders the patience you might need as a coach a little bit sometimes when a player can't quite do what came more natural to you, I guess, if you will? Um, you know, honestly, no, because 
I, when I came to Trinity, I had struggles of my own technically. And it was, you know, I have to shout out Lance Key, who I, you know, give a lot of credit to building me into not only the player I was, but the person I have become and the coach I am now. Certainly, I model a lot of what I do from my experience with him and with Owen Collies at Classics Elite now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I couldn't strike a ball when I got to Trinity. Um, it was actually a joke on the team that I had this, he called it my like a salmon foot. He couldn't <laughs> lock my ankle. I was a center mid who couldn't, you know, really distribute <laughs> very yeah. well. And so, you know, Lance and Owen took the time out of our practice schedules to work with me one-on-one. And, mm-hmm. you know, by the end of my freshman year, and certainly by the end of my senior year, I was probably one of the best distributors there was. And I, I bring this up because I was coached very specifically on that skill. Coach my players on that skill or on other things like that. So, and that's it. So, yeah. So that comes that you keep that one close to heart, right? So that's pretty awesome. That's great stuff and a great, and, and I don't know coach, actually, we didn't talk about this prior to, but I'm assuming, you know, but, um, Big shout out to uh, to Coach Coach Lansky, who recently announced uh, his retirement from uh, from coaching. So a great coach, uh, kind of sad to see it go, but also happy for him. So congrats, yeah. uh, Coach. Absolutely, King. I was I was going to shout that out at the end if it didn't come up before, but oh no, you um, no, that's okay. But yeah, Thank Lance, you. I'm sure you'll you'll see this at some point. But yeah, congratulations on a beyond fantastic career. Um, like I said to him earlier, he impacted so many lives mine included right. absolutely and i might have to steal his line that salmon foot i might have to steal that <laughs> i love that uh, <laughs> that that's pretty great that's awesome so all right coach we start to uh, we're going to go ahead we're going to segue here now so um we're going to go ahead we're going to get to pick on you a little bit more right ask uh, some uh, both some soccer and some non soccer related questions through our counterattack but before we do that we can tell you tell everybody about our good friends at gipper so gipper is the way schools athletic departments ad's coach and coaches create world-class marketing content join over 3,000 coaches ad's that use gipper to create high quality visual branded graphics for your program the best part anyone can do it in seconds on any device without needing any design experience whatsoever in the event you do have significant design experience you are what they call the power user this is very much a platform for you as well. And just for being a 50-50 podcast supporter and listener, you get to save money. So listeners of the 50-50 podcast, they can receive 10% off. I almost said 50 there. Sorry. 10% off any first-time Gipper purchase. Simply visit gipper.com slash partner slash 50-50 to learn more. Again, that's gipper.com slash partner slash 50-50. And our other good friends at Global Scarves. Not sure, Coach, did you see them there at Tasco, by the way? I did. Scars folks, yeah. So Kyle and Bill, got to interact with them, had them come on the podcast as well. And Global Scars, they're top-notch, top, absolutely top-notch. They are the top provider of custom-knitted scarves, beanies, and other fan merchandise in the U.S. All merch is fully customized and with free design services and free shipping on all orders. You can contact them at info at globalscarves.com to get any free designs or quotes built out for your club, your school, or maybe you have a supporters group that you want to do as well. They do it all. So you again, you can contact them at info at globalscarves.com. Simply mention the podcast, the 5050 podcast, or you can also use the code hashtag 5050pod. 
So, all right, coach, it is that time, the moment of truth where we get to uh, get to pick on you a little bit. You ready? I don't have a choice. No. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> all right. So, all right. First one. So all of these apply unless I specify otherwise as a coach, not as a player. Okay. Okay. So okay. game day superstitions or rituals. Um, high ponytail when coaching. High ponytail. Okay. Yep. Um, and then I, I am, uh, definitely the, our warm up is, has to be done in a very particular order at very particular right. times. Yep. Yeah. Regimented. Yeah. Me too. Me too. So not the ponytail of course, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. so I don't know. I think you could rock a ponytail. I, yeah, I don't know. I might need some time, but <laughs> so, Okay, so now the ponytail. So it's always the same, no matter what. Even if you you don't change it up at all, if you if you all lose a game, you don't start doing all that stuff, or or do you? Um. Yeah. You know, sometimes if if I feel like we need a change, I will change it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I knew there was more there that you weren't telling us. So, all right. Strangest thing in your refrigerator right now? Oh, like maybe the fact that there's like no food. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, that's strange. Yeah, <laughs> no one's no one has said an empty refrigerator, so that would be a yeah. point. No. <laughs> need to go to the grocery store. All right, <laughs> all right. Next one. Uh, greatest sports movie. Uh, she's the man. Mm, Amanda Bynes comedy, yeah. a classic. What year? When did that come out again? When was that? Like early two thousand? When yeah, is that? Probably oh. like two thousand. Seven, I want to say, I oh, don't know, somewhere yeah, around, maybe 2009, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, yeah, that one does get mentioned pretty, pretty <laughs> regularly. So, all right, um, if not a coach or educator, you would have been what? Um, probably some sort of therapist. I studied psychology at Trinity mm -hmm. and was going into behavior therapy before I transitioned to teaching. It decided to join the dark side. I see. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that is pretty interesting. So you ever look back on it at all? Oh, yeah. And kind of like what, how, what kind of route that would have led to? Definitely. Um, yeah. And I'm very, you know, I'm really happy that I am where I am now because right. if I hadn't gone into teaching, I wouldn't have ended up coaching. Um, mm -hmm. And that, you know, well. That's a whole different story again. Like I said, I started in elementary school teaching and got roped into the high school realm. So yeah. I wouldn't have been here if, if that hadn't happened. So very right. happy that that did. There, there are no mistakes, right? Nope. So, all right. So next one. So super, super power question here. Invisible or mind reader? Which one? Invisible. Really? I don't, I don't need to hear what's going on in everyone's mind. I need to just keep up with my own. Yeah. All right. Describe yourself as a player when you were a player. Competitive. Um, intense. And skill wise was definitely like heading was my strength. Heading. Heading the ball. Okay. Yep. All right. So while well, you could have told you could have told Lance then you didn't need the foot, right? If yeah. you were you were that great in the air. That's okay. how I got there. So yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So Emily Horvath is appointed the soccer czar in America. You oversee all soccer, right? What's the main big thing, item number one, that you would change soccer in America tomorrow? Oh, I don't know. That's hard. Um, 
something about like promoting women's soccer and getting people to games and getting it on, you know, more streamlined channels and times. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, this is, I love asking that one because you can go in so many directions with it and, and there isn't a wrong answer. So yeah. Oh, well said. Who would play you in a movie? Uh, I don't have to look like you. It can be maybe personality or just an actress that you feel like, Hey, this, this person gets me. Oh man. You know, the only person that came to mind cause I talked about her last night was Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So not bad. Uh, wasn't she? No, no, I was thinking she wasn't in. I just, I took my daughters to go see the, that recent, um, Hunger Games movie, the one that's oh, in yeah. theaters right now, but I was like, no, she wasn't Ooh. in there. No. Um, no, that is her. Or she was in the original one. She was in the original, right, 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 yeah. Because yeah. these, I guess, apparently were, they're like prequels, I guess, which, yeah. which of course yeah. I didn't know until I'm in the theater and my daughter's explaining it to me. And I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> so I was way off. All right. Um, current music and podcast playlist. What's uh, What's in the rotation there in the phone? Yeah, um, podcast-wise, I'm on a true crime true crime kick. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I do pretty much anything that kind of pops up on the longer episodes. Music-wise, you know, um, Spotify and Apple Music are coming out with their your, your top five artists of the year. So I think mine, hate to be one of the people, but mine came out as Taylor Swift, number one. Um, oh, Harry Styles and uh, Green Sky Bluegrass. Okay, good. So, All right. a little bit of so, <laughs> yeah, you know, the true, the true crime piece on the podcast side that I find myself like I've been, I've either been talking about that a lot, or I've been getting asked about that a lot lately, because on the most recent episode that we just had um, with Zane Barnes, right out of Winthrop, that same thing came up, we were talking about true crime and previous, pre another podcast too, just as like, it tends to be that surprises a lot of people as one of the biggest genres in uh in podcasting very big a lot of fans a lot of fans all right so next one how would your players describe you uh i'd hope <laughs> every, coach, every coach starts it with that. I hope, I hope. a balance of you know knowing when to have fun and knowing when to to bring intensity and expectations so i would hope they would say well balanced okay yeah, that always cracks me up. Every coach, without fail, I hope. <laughs> All right. Superpower question number two here. Speak every language or talk to animals? I got to go talk to animals. You know, I'm a dog person. I've got I've got two German mm -hmm. Shepherds, and I would give anything okay. to know what they're thinking. How many? You say two? Two, yeah. Two? All right, awesome. How old? Uh, seven and four. Seven, boy, girl, two boys, two girls. Two boys. Two boys. What are the names? Can you give us insight? Give us a little yeah. insight. Strider is the seven-year-old. He's like a white mixed German Shepherd. And yeah. Wilson is 105 pound. Oh, wow. Psycho ball of energy. <laughs> How German Shepherds did you just kind of settle on that breed? How did that happen? Yeah. You know, I grew up with wiener dogs, miniature wiener mm. dogs. Um, and my husband's family grew up with Shepherds. So um, he was the driving force between that and I love him. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't complain. <laughs> yeah. I grew up, I grew up with German shepherds as well. But yeah. I, yeah. I kind of, 
long story short, I kind of migrated to a, a boxer. I became a boxer guy, and then we're a boxer family. Ever going back to, you know, this is a whole other. Didn't you yeah. used to box? This well, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, I did that too. But, um, but yeah, that was just <laughs> that was just a coincidence. But uh, no, it was actually kind of linked to he, my first boxer after my combat injury, um, and coming out, coming back from Iraq in 04 uh, or 03, I should say, he kind of became, became my service dog, right? So that kind of forever linked me to, to that breed, and I love him to death. So, so I tell everybody we're a boxer family. So, um, yeah, we're on our third one now, third boxer. So, yeah, definitely much a dog, dog family, dog person as well. So, would, I feel you, you, on that one. would you speak to dogs also then over languages? <sighs> You got to pull in both corners, I guess, right? Well, see, because now if it was just talk to dogs, maybe it's a little different. But I feel, I feel like now full disclosure, I speak, I do speak multiple languages, right? So, so I feel like I just kind of naturally have to lean towards speak every language because one, a certain level of a knack with languages, but two, as a soccer coach, that just would be so much gold, you know? (laughs) you can speak all these different languages and and it's truly the world's game and you can connect with so many different players and and communicate that much more effectively i, I feel like i feel like as, as a soccer the soccer coach in me feels like you kind of have to default to that one but uh but yeah what's i'm sorry i didn't hear you can you say that I said fair enough yeah oh yeah 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 sorry <laughs> sorry broke up there a little bit all right next one uh so we talked about speaking language talked about how would your players describe you now this one's going to be a little bit more reflective coach final one it's going to put you on the on the hot seat just a little bit so the and i do ask this one from time to time this is kind of this one has evolved into one of my more popular questions but the 2023 2024 season for the austin anderson trojans will be a success if um it will be a success if we You know, this is tough because my quote, I said, you know, you can measure success in so many different ways in the Texas right. high school realm. So, you know, my the the person side of me wants to say it'll be a success if if the girls have gained anything from it. Mm-hmm. Um, the soccer side of me says it'll be a success when we make playoffs again. Yeah. And when we finish higher than we finished last year. Um, but I don't I hate saying that because if we. Well, no, I'm going to leave it there. There you go. There yeah. you go. There you yeah. go. There you go. Don't don't backtrack. No, that's great. That's great. Because I was going to tell you, it's like, hey, your initial instinct there is, and it's not putting you on the spot, and it's not disrespectful to anyone else, is what naturally comes out of your mouth as you're communicating that is not if we make, but when we make, right? right? So that's pretty yeah. awesome. That's great. That's great. And it doesn't come across as in any way, shape, or form disrespectful. So I, I can appreciate that, Coach. So thank you for that. Thank you. Coach, that's gonna do it. You believe it? We went through all of that already. That was uh, that was fourteen questions, or no, fifteen questions actually. So, great job. Uh, so, you know, as as we start to wrap up here, and as is our custom coaching stoppage time now after counterattack, we like to give the floor, the opportunity to our to our guests to whatever, whether it's a shout out, a thank you, something that's on their mind, something that they want to talk about as it relates to the game. We kind of try to give them an open forum. So, the floor is yours, Coach. Yeah. Um, well, just want to start by by thanking you. You know, I think, again, what you're doing here holds a lot of value for just 
high school or Texas soccer in general, connecting coaches, connecting colleges, players. Um, so thank you for that. Um, final kind of notes, you know, I want to shout out my, my coaching staff. Um, we brought on another, um, another coach this year, Tyler Carpenter, at Mary Harden Baylor. He's joining us this year. So excited to see um, what he's bringing to the program. You know, I'm a more defensive minded coach and he'll um, help us out more with some offensive creativity. Um, and then coming back again, we have Rebecca McMahon and Josh Stark, who I've coached with now, um, going on year three with both of them, um, who are both fantastic and we are a well-oiled machine. So shout out, shout out to them, shout out to the team. Um, three strong teams this year, looking forward to the season. Um, and then kind of final thought, uh, something that, you know, in, in meeting you and thinking about both of our experiences and kind of both of us having unconventional journeys, you know, to landing in high school coaching, um, you know, just reminding people, yes, you know, things happen for a reason, but we create our own luck, you know, um, players create their own luck. When someone says you're lucky or this happened or that happened, you know, you've created that. It's because you've done something in your life to lead you where you are. Um, so I think that message can be left with my, with my team and then with anyone else listening, go out there and create your own luck. Right. Well said. I don't know. I don't know if I can follow that with my own, man. That's great. So <laughs> I guess you're stealing my thunder after stealing the Lance Key thunder, right? So I, that's, <laughs> there, how <it> goes. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it goes. Awesome. Um, thank you, Coach. That was that was well put, exceptionally well put. And uh, yeah, you know, my final thoughts, uh, going to try to make this quick, is, um, you know, congratulations to all our, you know, all our athletes, all our soccer players, all our student athletes around the great state of Texas, wishing you all again the absolute best of luck. Um, tryouts were across the state this past week some were maybe a little bit before but the majority were this week and congratulations if you are on a roster not just a varsity roster and for some of those who received the maybe they were kind of the uh the topic of some tough conversations and they maybe they didn't make a varsity program or something or anything like that don't put your head down all right this is not this does not define you keep working keep working and come back stronger. And, you know, we, <laughs> we always point, what's the classic, the, the kind of signature uh, story of a player being cut is the Michael Jordan, right? The Michael Jordan story, right? We talk about that uh, different sport, obviously, but nonetheless, very, uh, very applicable. So best of luck to all, uh, all our student athletes, to our coaches as well. Best of luck to you as we start, you know, this is the week where scrimmages start ramping up and, uh, Next few weeks, uh, it'll start counting for real in, in, in a few weeks. So best of luck to everybody. Remember, the big thing, my focus has always been with, with scrimmages in particular is get out of there healthy, right? Stay healthy, stay healthy. So um, other than that, uh, this was episode 99. So our next one will be coming, will be our our big 100, episode 100. That will be in a couple of weeks. We That will be our, our three-year, <coughs> excuse me, our three-year anniversary. Uh, mark as well so as it'll fall in line with episode 100 so pretty pretty cool that was by complete coincidence but uh but yeah we're we're excited for that it'll be a fun informal episode have some different guests on as well but again the big thing is go on subscribe subscribe on youtube you can find us at the 50 just search the 50 underscore 50 podcast on youtube subscribe sign up for the notifications ring that bell there 
And then you can find us for those. If you are watching this, obviously you can see this on your header, but if you are listening to this, you can find us on, on X as well as on and uh, Twitch at 50 underscore 50 pod, as well as on Instagram, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast. So for coach Emily Horvath of the Austin Anderson Trojans, I'm your host, coach Hector Cano. Thanking all of you again. We always mention that you are the reason why we do it. It reminds us of our mission. So we cannot thank you enough. And until the next time, you know what to do. Keep downloading and keep listening. You've been listening to the 5050 podcast powered by National Scouting Report. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.